DeJounte Murray had a lot of things to say about your San Antonio Spurs. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Kings 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Spurs your first listen each and every day. Free and available wherever you get podcasts. And this episode of Lockdown Spurs is brought to you by FanDuel, uh, the official sports book of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. What are we talking about today, everybody? And welcome back. Uh, yeah, it's been a few days, but I think we, I think me and the guests, we needed some time to kind of collect our thoughts. How we're going to approach reacting to DeJounte Murray's comments regarding your San Antonio Spurs. He had a lot to say on all the smoke podcasts with Captain Jack, Steven Jackson, and from Manu Ginobili to Derek White to Mind Games. Yeah, he had a lot to say, and he wasn't done after that interview. He uh, decided to have a nice little inner uh, exchange with a fan. Let's go to bring him on. He is my colleague over at Ken's Five on the TV side. He is Casey Vieira. Casey, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. By the way, thanks for uh, doing that on uh, on TV the other night. Uh, that follow up, I mean, wow, he just would not stop. Would he? Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Uh, and, and yeah, we're gonna get into it. It's just this whole thing. I feel like is taking a bunch of strange turns and unexpected turns, and a mm-hmm. lot of it was kind of. I don't want to say unprompted to begin with, because we knew he was gonna be on a podcast with a guy who did not necessarily leave San Antonio with, you know, the most endearing yeah. feeling. But a lot of it, and I think you could probably speak to that too, is I, I don't, I don't think we saw it coming. You know what I mean? It just felt, it felt a little, at, at the same time, it, it felt kind of off almost. Um, you, you were just you, kind of you... like, yeah. You, you know, you, you say that right now that many people probably didn't see. Well, you you're not about seeing it coming. I kind of saw it coming because recall when he got traded, he took a pot shot of the Spurs too, saying, what is it going to take 15 years for them to get back to relevancy? Uh, there's yeah. a lot more going on beyond, you know, the culture. He's something to that effect on Instagram. But yeah, I mean, he definitely had a lot to say. Let's go to recap that. Uh, make sure to follow Casey on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. So if you missed it, uh, Steve Steven Jackson had DeJounte Murray on his podcast along with Matt Barnes, all the smoke podcast. And I think the biggest thing that he started off with was the mind games. So according to DeJounte, yeah. he felt that Popovich, the team, were playing mind games on him, uh, specifically about playing time, how they wouldn't alert him well ahead of time that he's not playing and they'll tell him right then and there. And um, he didn't appreciate other players getting playing time ahead of him, even though, according to him, that he was cooking Tony Parker and Patty Mills in practice. He had an issue with an Argentinian player uh, coming in and getting minutes over him, him being sent to the G League and his watching all this happening. Uh, I don't know about this mind game thing. I don't know how to digest that other than you got to earn your stripes, DeJounte, especially at an early age. Yeah, let let me rephrase the didn't see and coming part here first. Okay. I think for me, I think the part I didn't see coming were 
has many elements that and, and and kind of you know avenues that he hit on as to why he was so frustrated. I'm not entirely surprised that he's still bothered because you know any any breakup is never an easy breakup. Regardless what aspect of life it is, it, it's never all all breakups end with some sort some sense of resentment in some capacity. So. I wasn't entirely surprised on that front, but when I, you know, when I heard that interview, which, which for the most part, I gotta say was a very good interview. I thought, you know, I listened to that thing from start to finish and I thought uh, Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes did a, a great job with it. I really felt like I got a lot out of that and you really got, I mean, you knew about DeJounte's upbringing, but you didn't know the intricate details of it. Right, you're right of his upbringing and i thought they did a very good job of getting that out of him my main takeaway though was that he sounded like a guy who was angry and bitter about the breakup but didn't know why he was angry and bitter about the breakup and the reason i say that is this because he he said so many uh a lot of the reasons he hit on were so counter productive and, and contradicted. An example, you know, he talks about growing up in a rougher area of, you know, of Seattle, and part of the reason his draft stock fell was that the company he kept was a little bit suspect. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, this is, it wasn't the most endearing of areas. I mean, this guy was arrested some like four times before he was 15 years old and, and you know, ended up uh, you know, being homeschooled for the last three years of his high school career before going to Washington. But the way he makes it sound like was that he was a lock to be a top 10 lottery pick somewhere around there. And it wasn't until night of, uh, night of the draft that, that, you know, word started sprinkling out amongst teams or, or someone was leaking to teams that, hey, you know, be very wary of his background and his you know the company he keeps and that's the reason he fell all the way to 29 and so he kept hitting on that which i i think honestly is is fair i i think it's, that'd be a fair reason to be bothered by something mm-hmm. so I, I think he was off there where i think he was off though was that the spurs ultimately of course took him and the reason he said he was so frustrated in san antonio while they were always butting heads was that they could never look past his background. They didn't say it out loud, but behind the scenes, they felt like his background, who he grew up with, his outside circle was against the Spurs way. And and my counterpoint to that is, well, if it was so against the Spurs way, would they not have, wouldn't they have not drafted you to begin with? Mm-hmm. If, well, go ahead. If, if, no, if they were so... You know, if they were so concerned about about your well-being in your second year, you wouldn't have been starting over Tony Parker. And in the same, and and in the same sense, you're saying to Tony Parker, like he Tony Parker was a free agent at the time, so he didn't necessarily owe Dejounte a whole lot. It's not yeah. like the thing went down and Tony Parker demanded a trade. He was a free agent. At that point, he doesn't owe anybody anything. Tony Parker, once he's off contract, doesn't owe the Spurs a single thing. So 
it was things like that. Just when it, when, you know, when, once the interview was over, I was like, man, this is, this is contradictive. This is kind of, he doesn't know what he, he doesn't, he didn't sound like he knew what he was really mad about. And then he'd throw things in like he didn't fit because, you know, Derek White was a yes, well, in his wording, you know, he wasn't a yes man. And so they went with Derek White a lot instead of him. And he, it, it sounded like someone who was just frustrated for, with his time there as a whole, but really like, I don't want to say unappreciative because I think that's a little strong but seemed a little tone deaf as to how much mm-hmm. he did accomplish here, which was a lot as an individual player. So it seemed a little all over the place, but the overriding thing of him being frustrated, I think that, yeah, I think that's, that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable because I think any person in that spot would be a little bit bothered right. miffed. I think that's just part of life. The, right, the road yeah. that he took to get there, I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure about though. When he brought up about being ignored by Timmy and Manu uh, and Pop, you know, well, he's in good company. Didn't Manu Ginobili say the exact same thing that Tim Duncan didn't talk to him for like a long time? Tony Parker said that Tim Duncan didn't talk to him for a long time. I think that's oh, just yeah. the cult, the culture. You got to prove yourself. Right. And look, I mean, I, I mean, Tony I, Parker, like you say it all the time, Tony Parker got benched for Speedy Claxton. I mean, I'm a Hofstra mm-hmm. guy. I love me some Speedy Claxton. I don't think there's any more of a reality check, though, that you could have. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing, too, is uh, he, that's just the way it was. And because DeJounte came in, I guess, towards the, the tail end of the Big Three era, and the Spurs mm-hmm. were still clinging to that. And it was pretty much Tim Duncan's way. Uh, and to a lesser degree, Tony Amanu's way at that time. So here's a kid that comes into the league with a big chip on his shoulder, and he sees how structured it is, how mechanical it is, and how they stick to what they know, the Spurs. And remember, at that time, there's not only TD and Manu and TP. Who else is there? There's LMA. There's the beginning stages of Kawhi Leonard uh, emerging on the scene. Uh, you know, there's other guys out there that are veterans, Patty Mills. And then he admits it himself in the interview, Casey. He says, I know there's other guys ahead of me, Tony and, and Patty. But at the, but when I'm listening to him, I just feel like that chip on his shoulder. And a part of me is like, I like it. You know, that's if you if you're a team, if I, he's my teammate, I want that type of edge with me. Right. If you're a coach, you want that player that's hungry to win and prove themselves instead of just you know all right laying back and waiting for their time but he just it just comes off and now i'm not the only one who said this it this his approach to it came very whiny very you know you know very uh entitled like like he's franchised the moment he steps on the on an nba court and that's the vibe that i got your thoughts right Right. You know what? Exactly. But that goes back to the contradictive part that, that I was just talking about, because because he gets there and he's saying, you know, nobody's really talking to him. He's playing behind Tony and Patty and Manu and all these guys. But then he makes mention in the interview. He's like, yeah, I got there. You know, I got there and I knew I wasn't going to play. So it's like, okay, well, if you knew you weren't going to play because you were a rookie and you're playing behind a handful of future Hall of Famers, like, what the hell are you complaining about right now in 2023? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so, so that's another example of the contradiction part that I'm talking about. It's just 
was very, like you said, it was very all over the place. And he didn't sound like a guy who knew what exactly he was mad about, but he was mad. Yeah, he he definitely was mad. And uh, we're going to continue talking about DeJounte Murray and his uh, thoughts on playing for the Spurs right here on Lockdown Spurs with my good friend and colleague at Ken's Five. He is Casey Vieira. Follow him on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. Hey, I want to talk to you about FanDuel. Look, the NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same day or same game parlay. Excuse me. I like it. It's it's going to be great now as the NFL playoffs are heating up. So, yeah, go to FanDuel right now. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. We're back right here on Lockdown Sports with Casey Vieira. Follow him on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira and check him out. Hold it down the sports desk anchor on Ken's 5 TV from Thursday through Sunday. So uh, we're talking about DeJounte Murray and his uh, thoughts on the Spurs uh, with the All the Smoke podcast. And Casey, you look back at that interview, and first of all, it's going to make that March game in San Antonio versus Atlanta interesting uh, because yeah. fans are charged up. They're the, the fans definitely had a reaction. Majority of them was a very, you know, anti-DeJounte. It just feels like he's just turned completely heel. Uh, on the Spurs fan base. Like he pulled the WWE um, Hulk Hogan to NWO uh, Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan. And that's what it felt like. Um, I begs a question. He's not the first former Spur to come out against San Antonio. We've t- we, I think we had a uh, text exchange about this. You know, we're trying to list yeah. the names. There's been, you know, my first thought was Rodman, um, Steven Jackson. I think you mentioned um, was it Simmons? Was it you mentioned Jonathan Simmons? I don't know. Simmons was the guy who came yeah. up, but I think Dejounte was easily the the most talented to vocalize that because Kawhi Kawhi never really vocalized it. You know, that that was all that was all just kind of through the press and hearsay and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But Kawhi never went to any platform and kind of set it to that degree how bothered he was. So probably more so than it. definitely in recent memory, DeJounte was the, probably the best player to go out and vocalize that. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think um, – no, I, I know, I know. Um, former coach uh, Bob Hill did take shots at the Spurs organization, specifically Popovich, obviously, uh, yeah. for booting him out of the uh, coaching job. But it's very rare you see that. But when they do come out, it comes out. And and DeJounte wasn't done. Afterwards, uh, on Instagram, he had an interesting exchange with a fan saying how the fan saying how it's going to be tough to root for DeJounte now. DeJounte just laid in. And shockingly, everybody, he didn't delete it. That's why every time DeJounte tweets something or puts something on Instagram, make sure you screenshot it 
because more than likely two minutes later he'll it'll, he'll delete it but he left this one there this one felt a little more ominous uh yeah same old same old you know um you don't have to root for me if you don't want to you know only real fans he has this thing with real fans he always talks about that but he said if i talked about just 95 percent of what i know the fan base will second guess their um fandom for the spurs yikes uh your thoughts on that i mean again i'm not i'm not surprised i'm not i'm not surprised because if we're being honest like this kind of started even when he was here and when he gets on these conversations about real fans you don't have to support me you know you don't know what's really going on things like that like remember a couple of years ago where they they lost at home and they got booed and he went up there in the post game and he said, you know, we don't want the support from the fake fans, things like that. So, I mean, in that respect, this is still very on brand for him because he's always had that same energy the entire time. Right. But I, I think, it, I think it's just more of the same. I think it's more of the same. He, it, it, you're just sitting there and you're, you know, you're wondering what it was that triggered this whole thing, this whole, you know, what it's become for, or what, what the whole thing has been, been, you know, turned into, what it's become. Because it, it's so much of it's just like off base. You know, you're, the, the conversation that he had that he's publicized and he's gone out and said, you know, he made it sound like he was at Kawhi's level of talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was he was an all-star once of of all-star reserve on a team that was in the playing game and in the playing game he played miserably. So I it, it feels like it's it's a you know, an off set of of as to, you know, and I and I respect him for valuing his abilities, but the idea that there's this ground that he can, you know, holier that than thou mentality to stand on, it just feels off base. Because there hasn't really been a whole lot of much accomplishment yet on his career for him to take some of the stances that he's taking. Like the Spurs trading a guy and his like think think about like think about it just on the surface, behind the scenes stuff. This guy had a career year last year. Entering a stretch where he's going at where after he got extended, but staying on the same trajectory, he's easily going to get, you know, a nine-figure contract in a few years. So he ends up in a situation that's not favorable for the franchise. So after they had already extended him, despite his injury, they do good by him again and sent him to what people thought was a contender in a better situation mm-hmm. where he is a situation to express himself a little bit more. And largely the sentiment is still negative to the degree that you have to go out there and the extent that you have to go out there and, and, and broadcast it. Mm-hmm. It's just more of the same. And just kind of, it, it, it just kind of goes back to the general idea of, I don't know what he's mad about. Because all the things yeah. he's mad about 
are all things like Spurs doing good on him on the way out. Yeah, and and, and here's the thing. It doesn't make yeah. sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and and here's the thing too. Popovich felt enough trust in him to give him the starting job over Tony Parker. Now, granted, yeah. Tony was already on his last legs, and I get that. They got to do the shift. You know, we saw that from Avery Johnson or Antonio Daniels, excuse me, uh, to Tony Parker. Tim Duncan had to go through it. He had to, you know, when he needed to kind of preserve his shelf life, you know, it became the Tony Parker show. Then became the right. Monty when Tony Parker show. And Rob, David Robinson had to take a bat seat. David freaking Robinson to t- yeah. Tim Duncan. This is just the natural progress of of NBA teams that when there's an up-and-coming talent, you you guide them in. Now, I do agree with you. He, uh, DeJounte, I think DeJounte was wrong for saying that Tony Parker had to mentor him. I don't think that. I'm pretty sure you look in Tony's contract at the time, there's not a clause that says you must mentor your uh, backup point guard. I don't think Especially when he's not even under contract. Right, and he's not under contract. Thank you. So you see the Spurs, you know, hyping him up, uh, you know, the all-star, you know, all-defensive team. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, and when he went through it at a young stage, I mean, he was to the point saying, like, to this day, I still don't know why they messed with my mind like that. It just feels like a guy who just hasn't really been challenged. Like, things have been given to him. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to say. It. it felt like entitled. I think you said it earlier. Like the entitlement. I think. I think entitled. Yeah. I think. I think it's in a false sense of entitlement. I think. Uh, uh, I think it's a, a big sense of immaturity. Um, I, I think those are probably the two overriding sentiments. I and, and it doesn't help away. that you have Captain Jack egging you on. Another guy. True. I mean, yeah. yeah. That that is true. I, I mean, that is that is very much true, <laughs> and also a good point. Yeah, he he did not, he did not. No, he he did not make the situation any better. And mm-hmm. yes, he no. did. Hey, come on. No, but... let's, let's be let's, well. Let's be very fair. Now, in the same interview, Dejounte was complimentary towards the Spurs. He did say that they are, in his view, point they are greatness. He did say he did say that. He did. Right. Give a shout out to Mono Ginobili saying that was one of the best uh, teammates he's had. And Stevie Jackson did so yeah. too. Uh, he did he say even, that. Yeah, yeah. He even put Tim Duncan on his, uh, DeJounte, that is, on his top uh, five uh, players of all time in NBA history. So, you know, again, he was kind, he did have complimentary stuff. Uh, and then in a, in a now deleted tweet, and again, I don't know why this one he, oh, no, you showed it to me. Didn't he kind of follow it up on Twitter saying yeah. that? he was thankful and grateful of his time with San Antonio, but why would he delete that? That's, that, that'll, well, that's good for him to put out there. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what's, what's also very strange too, is, is that he's saying all these things and then he's doubling down on them and then he's deleting them. What? Like, like it's already, yeah, exactly. it's already out. Like the, you know, the toothpaste already out of the tube here. You went on this podcast and said all these things. It honestly doesn't really matter if you double down at this point. Mm-hmm. Change the whole fan base's perspective of you. <laughs> you know, we're we're kind of we're kind of past the point of deleting a tweet would make things a little bit or a lot of bit better and then right and fix stuff. So I mean, I'm not. I wasn't exactly entirely yeah. sure with that. But, but he but he the, the one on Instagram, the one that you uh, reported on on the TV side of things at Ken's Five. You know, that's still up. 
So it, it's like, I don't know, maybe he is pulling a WWE and just embracing the heel turn. I mean, you see he that. I mean, you know, he could be just embracing it. But he might be. Uh, yeah, it is just so interesting. But uh, when we get back, I'm going to ask uh, Casey if that was the straw that broke the fandom's back. Is that it? Is he now, DeJounte Murray, on the public enemy list? Right here on Lockdown Spurs with Casey Vieira. On, follow him on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. We're back right here on Locked On Spurs with Casey Vera, my colleague at Kens5.com, and we're reacting to DeJounte Murray's uh, comments to Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes on the All the Smoke podcast. So, as we mentioned earlier, Casey, Spurs mm-hmm. and Hawks will be playing uh, in March. First time in San Antonio. That'll be DeJounte's first time back in San Antonio. So you have post-trade comments, 15 years, uh, real fans during his time here. And then you have the interview with Captain Jack. Is right. th- you think that's enough already now that he is now on that public enemy list among the fandoms like your Kawhi Leonard's, your Marcus Morris, your Joey Crawford's, your Mark Cuban's? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Really? I was I, I, I was okay, I honestly was not expecting you to say that. I thought you were gonna say no. No, I, I do. Mainly mainly because people are very much prisoners of the moment. And in time, in time, it'll change. But as you kind of see very frequently when it comes to the Spurs and their fan, well, it comes to Spurs fans and people talking down on their team, it is a very, 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 very fine line one, one skeptic can tow where you're not going to trigger the fan base. Probably more so, it's a very defensive fan base, if we're being honest here. I'm yes. going to go out, you know, I'll go out and say it all the way. I was trying to dance around very defensive, but I'll say it all the way. It's a, it's a fan base that gets very defensive. So when you say things like he did, when he says stuff like, I still have love for the fans, but 95% of the stuff you're hearing, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They don't care. They don't care. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't care if, if all of a sudden it turns mm-hmm. to, oh yeah, you know, I hate the team, but I still love you. They don't care at that point. You know, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter at that point. They, they're just so enamored with the franchise that it's any time, any time that you're towing that line and you're going after their their team, they don't, they don't care. And I think he's going to get booed. I think he's going to get booed out of the building the night of. I really I, do. I, I'm right there with you. I thought I was going to be the one on between you and me to say that he is going to get the the business from the fans. But yeah, yeah I think he I think he's already done enough. Already, I think this last incident or this last chat with uh, Jackson and Barnes uh, that that did it. I think I you would have heard like a little bit of booze, maybe if fans remembered about. Uh, the uh, post-trade remarks he said about the 15 years to get back to relevancy, but you add that, and because that was that was brought up again, and then you get what he said. But I also want to get your thoughts on this: is that afterwards he did say that that was just his his truth, that what he perceived his opinion. Um, and he in that same Instagram uh, post that you mentioned on on Kens Five TV and, and what I did on the digital side. He said that he felt, in his opinion, he felt that he didn't say anything bad 
how do you interpret that? Because fans see, I mean, I see it as not good. I mean, you don't call out Derek White, your guy that was your boy, you know, when y'all were playing in San Antonio, and then say, like, well, he's just a yes man. Uh, you, yeah. you, you, you don't, and then, to me, that's bad. You don't say <laughs> no, on Instagram, I like, out loud. yeah. I laughed out loud at that part. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's like, you don't, you, the reason he chose Derek White is because, you know, I wasn't a yes man. But I love, yeah. I love Derek. But not, there's no other way around that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, it, it's not like, it's not like, it, it, if he chose above you, if Pop chose someone else over you because he prefers someone who's a yes man, or he prefer, like that would be you saying that Derek White is a like yes he's man. a yes man <laughs> yes yeah what what am uh, I like what am I missing here I I just think that maybe like it's it's coming out wrong for him like maybe he could he could have worded everything differently maybe you know he could have said in my opinion I felt like I was you know, uh, being brainwashed or whatever he said, you know, uh, the mind games. Right. Uh, right. Versus, no, they brainwashed me. No, no, they mind game. I don't understand. And, why, and then he just backs it up with the whole, you, you know, yeah, I get it that Patty and Tony are ahead of me, but I'm cooking them in practice. And they couldn't see that. You know, why do you bring in an Argentinian guy, a, a guard, while I'm in the G League? You could play, you know, that. It, again, it just felt, I, I get it, you know, perhaps. Or even he could have set this up too. This way, Casey saying, "Look, when I was younger, a young nineteen-year-old kid coming into the NBA, this is how my nineteen-year-old mind was thinking." Right. Uh, but it didn't. It just felt like whatever those uh, feelings just still are lingering, as you mentioned. Like, why is he mad? Nobody knows why. Because the, if it wasn't for his success in San Antonio. I mean, just look at the deal. Look at what Atlanta gave up to get a player like him. Yeah. So that's a re- reflection on him. This have another NBA team saying, "Hey, we think you're so good. We want you on our team. We're gonna give San Antonio a. Uh, we're gonna pay that sticker price, and we want you." I would think that he would see that as a compliment, Casey. I that's and that's what makes it all so confusing, man. That's what makes it also like that's what makes this whole thing so confusing because you you think of all the things that that he got bothered about these are things that the Spurs looked past the Spurs looked past his back his background mm-hmm. the Spurs stayed loyal to him when he tore mm-hmm. his ACL and gave him a 64 million dollar extension the Spurs yeah gave him yeah i mean the spurs could have passed that up entirely be like nope you're going to enter a restricted free agency and we'll uh Mm -hmm. we'll see how much you're really worth buddy no they showed faith in him then they showed faith Mm -hmm. in him when they traded demar Derozan, and they made him the focal point of their offense of their team so it's like what what is what is going what are we missing here yeah. What what are nice. we missing? Yeah. What it, it's just so and, and and the the reason we're missing it is because you know we weren't there. We didn't see ninety five percent of the things that went on behind the scenes. Well, 
I mean, if 95% of the things that went on behind the scenes and you still think you, you were slighted, it must have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Really bad, really bad to the point that it's unprecedented of something that we've heard here in, in San Antonio. And the reason you're skeptical is because that largely, for the most part, hasn't ever happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and then plus two, for the Spurs fans to react uh, the way they did. Now, again, again, to be fair as well, there were a segment of Spurs fans that did agree with DeJounte that, you know, they, they, they weren't bashing him. You know, they, they weren't bashing him as as the majority of Spurs fans were. But again, right. if you put it on a weight, and, if you put and, it on a weight, go ahead. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but That's okay. I, I do think I do think that it's entirely in again, it's entirely in his right to be bothered. Yeah, it is in his right to be bothered, to feel, you know, frustrated about a breakup that things maybe didn't go as ideally as you wanted. I do mm-hmm. think that's fair because I think that's human. But the way he's expressing it, it's just very off base. And it just, again, it sounds like a guy who doesn't know what he's mad about. Because it doesn't make sense. Everyone who looks at what he's saying, they're like, dude. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know? Hey, what? But it's okay. Yeah. He can be mad, but we're not getting the real rationale why. If you want, yeah. like, the 95%, the things he says, 95% of the things you don't want to hear, well, if you come out and you say any mm-hmm. of those ninety five percent, yeah, if you're really, really willing to double down here, do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, and yeah. Change, yeah, and that'll get people. People will really be able to use their assumption of this whole, you know, uh, of evaluate this whole thing if you go out there and say it. because the stuff that you're putting out out there right now, you're not looking. You you don't look good. Mm-hmm. You don't look good. But if you go out yeah. there and, and you air something that we don't no okay mm-hmm. okay. yeah and 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 if, again you you look at the interview and as we're trying to say, be fair to the fan base like because the overwhelming majority were were biting back at Dejounte. there was that segment that were supporting him and felt that yeah he's just speaking his his truth what he perceives so there's that segment but then also you also combine this too historically and you can maybe you could correct me on this there really hasn't been that type of drama off the court from San Antonio. Uh, you, you know, the Kawhi is the most recent one as far as, you know, trying to get out. Uh, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge did try to get out early in his career too, but LaMarcus never disparaged uh, the uh, team after he left uh, to Brooklyn. Or well, and, and again, it couldn't yeah. have been that, it couldn't have been that bad because he resigned. Yeah. He resigned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, the Rodman is perhaps another one that really blew up off the court. But yeah, I mean, so this so rare. But my trying to get at it is, is the fan base is not used to this coming from their favorite NBA team. This type of right. drama, and he's not even a spur anymore. Uh, and but yeah, I mean, you you got to think too for Dejounte. You know, you're 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 pumping yourself up to be you know a player that you know you're you're a great you're a good player. Dejounte, but then you look at Atlanta and they're in shambles right now. So yeah, uh, there yeah. it is. Yeah, but hey, we're done talking. I mean, there's just so much to unpack for this interview that we cannot do everything all at once in this episode. But we definitely want to hear your opinion on this. Where do you stand with Dejounte Murray's interview with All the Smoke podcast? You can let Casey know on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira and Casey. What's going on on the Ken's Five TV Sports side of things? Ah, uh, the usual. You know, it's going to die down a little bit now that the Cowboys are done. 
that 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 front. By the way, quiet. I have to apologize to Casey. I thought he was all things New York, like all all things New York sports. You know, because I know he loves his Knicks, and you're a Yankees fan, correct? Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I knew yeah. that. So, and but I so I just lumped those two together, thinking, okay, he's just you know he's from the East Coast, the New York area. I get that, you know, Giants. Yeah. You're not a Giants I'll, fan. You're actually a Raiders no, fan. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I can't stand the Giants. Really? You can't stand the Giants. Why is that? <laughs> I don't like them because I, I don't like... <laughs> you want to know what it is? I don't like Tell the me. fan base. I don't like the fan base. I don't. The fan base I grew up with in the Northeast, it, it, it was such a... It's a group that doesn't... Has a very much... You're talking about false sense of reality. It was a false sense of reality. You know, Brandon Jacobs, for, <laughs> as far as yeah. they were concerned growing up, that was, that was the second coming of Walter Payton. yeah i mean it's a very it's a very off base out of touch with reality fan base uh and as a result they just did not make them very likable growing up to me at least and so i kind of watched that i was like well i don't want to be associated with those people the jets aren't very good i kind of live close to philly but they were always kind of in the drama with negative press and T.O. was mm-hmm. always, you know, stirring, yep. stirring the pot a little bit. So I'm like, you know what? I like the Raiders. They're a, they're a bunch of cool looking dudes. They're at the they're time. Silver and black. They're silver and black too. Yeah. They're silver and black. You know, I like that culture. I'm a big hip hop fan. So that's cool as well. And I jumped on that, that bandwagon a little bit and it made the Super Bowl. And then, and uh, after that, it's just been, Know, basically 20 years of mediocrity yeah i've <laughs> i've lived in the new york area for a while now and i've never been to a giants game i've been to a jets game but i've yeah. never been to a giants game um the, i think the i can count on the hand how many times i've been to a giant stadium it's for a jets game and for uh a u2 concert Bono, okay. by the them. way can we talk about how much they butchered MetLife Stadium. Oh, my God. First I mean, of all, for those of y'all who have never been to uh, the, the MetLife Stadium, it's like in the middle of uh, nowhere, like a big open field. Yeah. The Meadowlands, yeah. the swamp. Yeah, it's a swamp. Yep. yep. It's, they it's, had the it's, world in their hands 10 years ago yeah. building that thing. They had the world yeah. in their hands, and they built uh-huh. some glorified AC units. And, and, and getting there, look. It looks like. Well, no, you're right. You're right. It does when you when you drive up. You're like, hey, look, look somebody's giant AC is just put here in the middle of an open swamp. But getting to MetLife Stadium, now, mind you, you know, maybe it's hard for y'all to conceptualize as you lived in New York, like JC and I have. But New York, you don't really need a car. Casey can vouch for that. I can vouch for that. You don't need one. It's pointless. You're dumb if you get one. In my opinion, you're just wasting money. So you're thinking, right. yay, because they have the greatest transportation transit system ever. Getting to MetLife Stadium sucks. Oh, it's, they, and it's the worst. With the, with, the am- yes. yeah, with the train on game day, there's always yes. issues. Issues. Every, and they're packed and they're crowded. And you try to, like, get all creative. Because, yes, New Yorkers try to get creative getting to places. Um, and you think you're on a right path. And then you realize, like, it's the same crap. You're, it's the same issues, the same everything. Like, oh, I'm going to take a bus from, from Penn Station to, to go to Meadowlands. That's a chore. 
oh, I'm gonna go to Newark. I'm gonna go from Grand Central to, or I mean, Penn Station to Newark, and then Newark to the, you know, it, it's the mess. And then when you get there, everybody, you still have a, a like a walking to do. So it's it's yeah. really tough to get to, but. This lockdown I'll, 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 yeah. I'll be reasonable. I feel like most Jets and Giants fans, they're not a fan of the stadium either. So, like, yeah. if you go up and be like, yeah, the new MetLife Stadium, they, it kind of sucks. They're like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all those things. It's all those things you just said, Jeff. Yeah, those exactly. exactly yeah. It, it's, ugly. it's an ugly stadium. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pain to get and, to. And, and the, food is, the food is not good. Above the, all uh, else. Above yeah. all else, you know, if you can't enjoy your dining experience at a football game, why are you even going? Yeah. You know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I go to a Jets game. Yay. So we're, yeah. we're done talking. Again, everybody, we want to hear from you. We told you how to get a hold of Casey on Twitter, at Casey underscore Vieira. Get a hold of me on Twitter, at Jeff G Spurzone. And we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. Again, free and available wherever you get podcasts. Second listen, check out uh, Locked On Game to Game NBA. Uh, all you need to know about the NBA on Game to Game, available everywhere on the Odyssey app, YouTube page. Pick a platform. Same with Lockdown Spurs. Pick a platform. Ken's 5 Plus app, the YouTube page, and much, much more. So for Casey Vieira, I am Jeff Garcia. We're putting a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Sure.